the San Jose Sharks head up to Vancouver to take on the Vancouver Canucks and just get destroyed right after the holiday break. We'll break down this game. We'll break down the lack of scoring. We'll talk about the lack of scoring. Uh, we'll the, just break down. We'll just break down, yes. The Sharks and the Barracuda. Oh, boy, it's going to be a fun one. Join us now here on Teal Town After Dark. <laughs> oh, God. Good evening, everyone. It is... Tuesday night, December 27th, 2022. We hope you had a wonderful holiday. As for the Sharks, they come off their holiday break and get destroyed 6-2 to two to the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, welcome to Teal Town After Dark. This is your live interactive Sharks post game. We do this after every game, so if you want to be part of the show, chat with us and fellow Sharks fans all over the world in Sharks territory on the YouTube page or the app. Of course, follow us on the social Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, Discord, TikTok, and find everything at tealtownusa.com. And if you want to support the show, hit us up on Venmo at tealtownusa. And, oh my, what is this? This is Kevin Lacey. What's up, my friend? Long time no chat. You are all getting super salty, Kevin Lacey, this evening. This is going to be, uh, you know, I try to, I try to, give a positive spin as much as I can. Um, I don't think the Sharks game was that bad. But <laughs> I came I came back. I mean, it was bad. But I came back from the Barracuda game. So no good no good vibes today. I had a great time talking to people at the at TechCU Arena. Of course. But, and I I'm gonna have a great time talking with you, Eric, and talking with everyone in the Google chat. Um, can we just make this Teal tinted glasses where we don't actually recap games and we just discuss <laughs> news because that's way more fun. Uh, I mean, it would be more fun, but we, you know, that this is a post game show, so we do have to break it down a little bit. We'll get some, some chatting. We'll, we'll chat up a little bit. But for now, let's recap the game as the Sharks head up to Vancouver for a one game road trip. Uh, coming off that nice win against Minnesota before the holiday pause. Uh, you know, coming into this one, Vancouver won in overtime both times in San Jose. And, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of expecting maybe the Sharks to build off some momentum. You know, yeah, okay, whatever. And it didn't start off too well within the first five minutes. Bo Horvat gets his 25th of the season, making it one nothing Canucks. Uh, it doesn't help when Tomas Hurdle is literally taking his skate protector off uh, just as the play is going the other way on that one. That's a frustrating one there. Uh, you know, And then like 12 minutes later, Elias Pedersen doing Pedersen things, making Lane Peterson look like a, an NHLer. <laughs> God, can, can it get any better than this to make it 2-0 Vancouver on his 16th of the season? You know, uh, sandwich in this period, you have a couple of penalties. Luke Shen t goes off for interference, but then Lane Peterson does Lane Peterson things. He slashes Noah Gregor, which I, I find a, find funny that 
that a Canucks fan talk about saying, oh, that was a dive. And I'm like, hmm, you guys invented hockey diving. Uh, but that leads to hope, which, you know, <laughs> for for us Sharks fans, that's all we got. Uh, but Timo Meyer with a nice tip from an Eric Carlson shot pass to make it 2-1 with a minute to go in the period. Kevin, I mean, that first period wasn't pretty, but they made it interesting with that last minute with Timo getting that goal. Yeah, you know, I I was coming back from Texas U Arena tonight, so I missed the first period entirely. Um, but, and we'll get into the second period. Watching the second period, Felt like watching the Barracuda game all over again, like play, like play for play, pretty much. So to see the Sharks down two to one after the first period, I've assumed that the first period was the same way, which it actually wasn't. So the Barracuda uh, gave up a goal with three seconds left in the first period and were down three one, uh, three nothing. Uh, whereas the Sharks were able to get that goal with under a minute left to get themselves some life going into intermission. You hope they come out strong. And I thought that they did come out pretty strong in the second period. Right out, right out of the gate, they had three, two or three really prime scoring chances against Spencer Martin and just weren't able to come away with it. And then a couple minutes later, Ilya Mikheyev scores to make it 3-1 Vancouver. And it was like the Sharks just decided, oh, well, we tried. And I feel like that's the last, the last time I was on After Dark. I said the same exact thing. Yeah. A good effort coming out of intermission. And then it they just decided, you know what? We gave it our best shot. We can't score. What do you mean there's 45 minutes left in the or 35 minutes left in this hockey game? It, <laughs> like it, and I'll go back to that that first post-game presser with David Quinn where the team got was demoralized. I mean, it just seems like it's it, 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 this thing, this psyche in in this squad is still there, and for some reason, it's just you know you have that one play that you know it doesn't help that Benino takes a holding call early in the period, and while that wasn't a power play goal by Mikheyev, I mean it's just frustrating to see them just give up the momentum right then and there and then just have one of their not necessarily one of their horrible second periods like we've seen they have in the first oh they've been way worse they've been for sure they've been way worse but i mean to to have that goal by mikhaev and then like what a little over a minute and a half later have quinn hughes scores his first goal of the season which is shocking for quinn hughes to be you know on the schneid this whole season and and here we are post Boxing Day, and he gets his first. Uh, I mean, like six minutes in, this game is four-one, and that's done. Yeah, and I, the game. The game was it, over, and that, that was. Those were the first five minutes that I got to see of this game uh, as I was continuing to. Head I'm home. so sorry. And <laughs> I know, and it was. It was. It just felt like well, I've already seen this game. Like, I just came home from Texas Arena and saw this game. Like, Jesse uh, Jesse in the chat saying that uh, he feels like he didn't miss much uh, coming home from, from the Barracuda game. And, yeah, because um, it, it was the same thing. Like, the second period was almost 
identical. Like, like what Landy put in our in our uh, private chat in our group chat. You, know, you haven't missed much. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, man. that's right. He did. Yeah, and it, and so that was just it was demoralizing for me having seen the organization on the whole this evening uh, to to see that. Like that. That's why I say I, there's super salty Kevin this evening because I didn't see a whole lot of good. <laughs> no, I wish I had more. But and, and and even with James Reimer, who's been one of the key cognates of of this team, uh, he had a rough night. I mean, yeah. that, that's let's not beat around the bush. I mean, but I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to fault Quinn. Uh, I'm not going to fall Reimer on the Quinn Hughes goal because oh, no. five five sharks all watched him dance around with the puck until he got into prime scoring position. And the thing of it was that the sharks, um, at least three of them, I saw Sturm and I think it was Nieto and then one of the defensemen like they all stutter stutter. Stopped. Like they started to go out towards Hughes to attack him and then thought, no, uh, you know what? Let me stay in my zone. I'm not I shouldn't venture out. And someone's got to play that right side. Yeah. Someone's got to defend the right side. You can't all have five players playing left side zone defense. It just doesn't work. And so I, I, I really don't think that's a systematic thing i think that's just players making bonehead decisions and the sharks can't be a they're not afforded time to make boneheaded decisions like when you're already down three one you need to be aggressive if, if anything you need to be overly aggressive and if you get beat at least you made the attempt to take the puck away you can't just watch a player skate all the way around do a full circle around your your defensive zone and then shoot from a prime location and score. Yeah. And as we're getting some comments from the locker room to kind of go off on what you talked about with the, with the D zone coverage, I didn't like what that, what went in our end structural D zone coverage. It was a problem tonight. We have to compete harder one-on-one. Definitely. I mean, that's just, that's just frustrating to point out go ahead you were going to say something was which goal was the one that benning was hurt there were there was another player who was hurt one of the forwards was hurt and then it, benning got hurt it was i believe it was the mikhaev goal okay that um that they that they got I and mean, he had benning get hurt and he tried to give it a go but he he left in the third period couture also looked like he he took a shot didn't hurt as much he stayed in the game of course but uh yeah and benning played less than 10 minutes tonight so that stinks um pj asked uh was gregor out for that goal probably when you look at the box score benino minus three gregor minus three hurdle minus three ferraro and magna minus three so probably gregor yeah i'm surprised there's there i'm looking at but, like there's yeah, not I know Sturm, a, what, Sturm was team. definitely out there for that one. Yeah, it, it's he was a minus two on the night, and, and I know plus minus can be such can be such an interesting stat to say the least. But you have no player that's in the plus side, and and while you lose by four goals, um, that tends to happen, of course. Um, but yeah. <laughs> MC Digital or Sharks refine new system every man for himself. Uh, yay, yay. Uh, but, you know, third period, uh, more of the same. Borovat gets a nice little shot that 
that beats Reimer, make it 5-1. Timo would make it interesting getting uh, uh, his second goal like a couple minutes later, but then two minutes after that, Brock Besser gets it right back. I mean, uh, for Vancouver, Kevin, I mean, you know, for a team that's, I guess what, they're like six points out of a playoff spot, uh, you know, Bo Horv at 4.9, Ilya Mikheyev at 4.9. It just seems like, uh, in, and for the Canucks themselves, you know, uh, five in a row against six, no, six in a row against the Sharks and 10 of 11 against San Jose. I mean, it wasn't long ago where we were saying the Sharks owned Vancouver for years almost seems like after the sweep in 2013 it just kept going yeah definitely and um kind of lost my train of thought there but um about the the canucks but they're really they're not offensively starved for the most part uh they're they're more porous defensively which the, the sharks have some aspects of as well but what you have to be frustrated with i'm very very frustrated with tonight is you've got the san jose sharks coming in as the number one penalty killing team in the league the vancouver canucks coming in as the 32nd penalty killing team in the league and yet the sharks i believe went scoreless on the power play they went one for two the first okay they did go one for two okay so Uh, get that going for you so there's something yeah but it, it it just shows to me again we've seen it in previous years where the sharks had a really great penalty kill as one of the worst defensive teams in the league and i guess tonight is one of those nights i mean the, the canucks only had one power play so the, the the sharks were one for one there but just generally speaking you would think that the Sharks should be able to capitalize if Vancouver's 32nd in the league penalty killing their defense is probably you know bottom third in the league in general I don't have the stats to show it but I would assume that and with Thatcher Demko being out right now I'm not the biggest Spencer Martin fan I think he's fine I thought he really came to play tonight and uh, put in the full effort. I mean, the Sharks The Sharks had chances, especially in the third period. I thought the Sharks, again, I did not see the first period, but of the two I saw, the Sharks' third period was by far better than the second period. And I thought they had their chances. But Spencer Martin came oh. came to task, uh, showed up. Uh, Tomas Hurdle had a couple of prime chances that he, he couldn't bury. Barabanov had one, I believe, at the end of the second period oh, where yeah. it just bounced over his stick and he couldn't score. And that was actually a lot like the the Barracuda game tonight was the Barracuda put up 37 shots on goal and they could have had that I'd say 10 or 12 more if pucks weren't bouncing over their sticks or bouncing in the opposite direction of where uh where their their uh momentum was heading their forward momentum was heading so uh, you know some some bad luck there for both the Sharks and the Barracuda tonight but Bottom line is, Sharks needed to bury those chances against a team as as poor defensively as Vancouver is. And and this frustrating, yeah, uh, very frustrating indeed to have that uh, go on. And this is 
crazy. Uh, Jerry F., I'll get to your super chat in just a jiffy. Thanks, Jerry. Uh, uh, the Sharks have allowed 62 goals in their past 15 games. They've yielded five-plus goals in eight of them. Um, just tough to see and, and tough to convince somebody to be like, hey, James Reimer is available for you if you at the right price. And it's and it's just really, really uh tough to uh to uh experience, you know. But uh, uh get to the super chat. Jerry, thank you so much. Happy belated birthday, Puck Guy. Thanks to Teal Town USA team for great coverage as usual. Appreciate it, Jerry. Uh, of course the super chat always goes to support the show. Uh and and our overcost so we're not, you know, breaking into our wallets to to keep this bad boy going here um but overall i mean and i see larry johnson saying it's pretty clear they're tanking this year Uh, but you know i know i've been saying this with ian on a couple of shows uh at least they've been entertaining in some of these games even though they've lost um you know it's this one and lately, it's kind of been a little bit the opposite. Sorry, I'm reading a couple of comments in the chat. <laughs> go, go on. If there's something that, that's... No, that, no, no. It's all about Barracuda coverage. Okay. So. <laughs> we're, we're almost there. We're almost... I, he's chomping at the bit, folks. He's like... He, he, yeah. Well, there's a couple of, there's a p- couple of things I need to say about that game. But <laughs> um, were, we, were you talking about Reimer? It just, I mean, you can talk about Reimer here, you know, in those last five starts, 760, 923, 842, 951, 909. I mean, yeah, that's a tough one, but. It is tough, but like a game like tonight, like uh, Horvat and Besser scoring garbage time. Like this game was over. So it, it sucks that, you know, the, the Sharks are trying to push the play a little bit, try and make something happen, but you lose some of the defensive side in that. And Reimer, you know, a couple of two-on-ones later, and suddenly his goals against is six for the night. His save percentage is 76% for the night. Like, this has been happening quite a bit, where I think Reimer is keeping the team in games until the wheels just fall off. And so I, I know that, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that James Reimer has not had the season that he did last year, but I think James Reimer is still coming out and, and showing up every night uh, or showing up 98% of the nights anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I think, if anything, um, the blame, if you want to blame any of the goalies, I would put it on Capo Kakunen, the goalie who Ian and I at the start of the season said, this is his time to take the the reigns right. as the number one goal. You want him to take the job from James Reimer so that James Reimer, when he most likely gets traded at the trade deadline, you've got Kakunen as the bona fide starter. And we've seen everything but that yeah. this season. So uh, that is the more worrisome thing to me. Um, again, defense, not great. I think the sharks more so need to work on on their offensive side uh and especially in their puck transition um but i'm okay with james reimer right now 
I don't think his value is dropping if that if that's what folks are are worried about most. So yeah. and PJ forty eight also chiming in, where would this team be without without uh, Reimer? I mean, where would this team be without Reimer, Meyer, or Carlson? For a team that's got some nice talent here, damn, bro. They, <laughs> it's it's not producing results, unfortunately. No, no, no. Hey, someone in the chat way, way, way earlier said something like, uh, Meyer and Carlson can't go. Carlson can go. Carlson can go straight to the All-Star game. Because at least <laughs> the Sharks this season, in, in, unlike the last two, in my opinion, have been absolutely deserving NHL All-Star this year in Eric Carlson. So. Eric Carlson, I mean, you have uh, it's it's kind of early to start talking about the All-Star, but yeah, I mean, how do you keep Carlson and Meyer out? I mean, uh-oh, he's 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 Listen to his mic there. <laughs> there you go. Oh, sorry, sorry, I didn't. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Um, start but, fall over there. So, but uh, but yeah, I think Carlson gets in. Uh, can Timo Meyer get in? I think so. I mean, if if he can put up another ten goals before the before the break, I mean, Timo should be getting in. But you do have eight teams that to squeeze into that uh, Pacific Division format. So, but yeah, uh, Brandon Osborne. Uh, Meyer and Carlson trying to do everything they can to make sure they aren't on the team past the deadline. <laughs> oh boy, uh, I man, it, it, to me, and I've, I know I, I'm going to repeat this. Um, man, if they were to trade Meyer, I, that just that just signifies to me that this this rebuild is going to be. A really bad teardown, or just they're going to have to rebuild more so than than they have than what they I have think, right now. I think the Sharks. I don't think the Sharks should trade Timo Meyer. Period, because you have to have building blocks. You have to have solid building blocks. We can't just rely on William Eklund, uh, you know, to hopefully he'll be the future. But you need to have someone you definitely can build around besides Tomas Hurdle. And, uh, but at the same time, the pieces that Tom, uh, Timo Meyer can bring are also what the Sharks need. So that one's a tough one, but I, I, I'm still on the side of you have to keep Timo Meyer. And, and again, I know we've said it before, ad nauseum, I'm going to say it again. I don't care about his qualifying offer. You have to bring him back. And the, there's, the Sharks are not tied to having to sign him at his qualifying offer. They just have to qualify him. So, yeah, he can't go. No, no. I, I think that, that just sends a red flag to, to fans and, and to the league that the Sharks aren't anywhere near them anytime soon. And, and, I, don't, and I don't think the team thinks that. So, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we'll quickly run through some of the uh, quotes from the locker room. Uh, you know, the the mistake we made were just too big. We blow D coverage. We had chances to climb back. Uh, Spencer Martin played it well. That's the game. Uh, when you play against Quinn Hughes, you better play with attitude. We had sloppy blown coverage. It can't happen at any point of the game. And you saw those horrible 
drop passes that just were, you know, why are you trying to be fancy in there? Uh, Quinn would go on, I think I think this was creeping in before tonight. Vancouver had the same time off. That's no excuse. So, a uh, tough one to take for 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 the Sharks, you know. Uh, you know, and, and yeah, through 36 games, you know, the Sharks are at 11, 19, and 6. Thank God they hit 11. The last thing we need is a Cow Palace run. Uh, last <laughs> season, they were 19, 16, and 1 after that crazy uh, start. Hey, you mentioned that Cow Palace run. I don't know about these retro jerseys, guys. <laughs> I think the unis are pretty. They they look sick. Like that jersey looks nice on you. I'm I, I, I'm you. a fan of the uniform itself. Yes. But why are we rehashing eras of terrible hockey? How how many championships? How many playoff appearances? Playoffs. Did the Oakland slash California Golden Seals have? If I'm not mistaken. When the Coyotes were wearing their garbage Kachina jerseys, how many playoffs did they appear in? Did they even win any games when they did? And the Canucks still look like the Hartford Whalers. (laughs) And we know the Hartford Whalers never did anything before they moved to Carolina. So, you know, maybe we should bring in eras uh, of jerseys where we actually won so just the thought so what i know i I know obviously the jersey's not really going to play the how how the team plays affect how the team plays but still but there there is something to that because i believe the two wins they've had in these reverse retro jerseys if you go all the way back to the stadium game where they've had a special the special uh, uh, stadium jerseys, and we're talking about the heritage in the twenty fifth year, the heritage in in the thirtieth year. We're talking about those gray reverse retros during the you know the the COVID season. Though those two wins in these reverse retros are the only wins they've had in their specialty jerseys. You know we can we will we will talk about black armor and. And, and, and Michael Molasses says, bring back black armor, the 08 black jersey. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, it's just like, yeah, I mean, they look great. They, I mean, I can't wait for the equipment sale, by the way. Uh, but, you know, do you bring back the ones they wore in the cup final? Do you bring back the, the edge jersey? Which one, which one are you thinking, bud? Oh, uh, 2008 black armor absolutely <laughs> absolutely especially joe thornton's gone joe thornton hated that jersey and he's gone so is what, he we've why seen not bring him back What's up? we've seen him in the press box that's true nbc was kind of drew up a little piece of artwork saying the wishful thinking that everybody wants joe thornton as head coach it ain't gonna happen okay. people okay i mean let's let's be honest He's but, probably waiting for Patty's retirement night to announce his retirement in the end. Yeah. Um, that's uh, – you You might be on to something there, Eric. Yeah. I, I have a, I just have a feeling. You just see I Jumbo around all the time. I have a feeling too. 
I will say, though, no, for real, though, that jersey is pretty slick. Is Was tonight the last night that they're wearing it, or do they still have one more? They have one more on Thursday against the okay. Flyers, and that's it. And then we go back to Evolve. So, yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> with that, let's, let's break out. Ooh, Barracuda. The San Jose Barracuda played earlier this afternoon, late afternoon. Speaking of jerseys, are they ever going to wear the gray jerseys? You know, the ones that are supposed to be their primaries? Yeah. I'm still waiting for that. It's... I, I I know there are reasons that were somewhat out of the Barracuda control there. Yeah. Um, but still, uh, that I was asked that earlier in the week on Twitter. Like, when gray jerseys, <laughs> the Barracuda have worn their worn their alternates more than any other jerseys. Right. Right. So uh, the Barracuda tonight played at home against the Bakersfield Condors. Of course, for those not in the wear, they are the Edmonton Oilers affiliates. It's uh, but uh, I'll I'll let you take the reins of this because uh, five to one the final score in this one um, uh, the the frustrations and then the the bright spot my friend. Okay, so I'm gonna break some people down in the chat. Sorry, folks. Uh, let's see if I can pull this up real quick. But um, I saw some love for Ryan Merkley earlier, which uh, lack thereof. Uh, no, legitimate love for Ryan Merkley, which clearly uh, I need to update some folks on how tonight's game went. Um, oh, okay. Here's here's a comment from Dave here. Merkley's probably a bit demoralized because he's been going quite well this season and isn't being rewarded for it. Yeah, well, tonight is why Ryan Merkley is still in the AHL. And for how much longer? Who knows? Because Ryan Merkley's probably going to spend some time in the press box after tonight. So really? uh, starting off with Carter Savoy getting a power play goal. Um, that I don't know if Merkley was out there for that one. But that was 14-26 into the first period. And a half minute later, Ryan Merkley, who while the Barracuda had the puck in the offensive zone, Ryan Merkley was, for whatever reason, standing behind the blue line out of position, as he'd been out of position most of the first period, then decided to cut across the ice to try and pinch on the Condor's outlet pass, got completely burned by Tyler Tulio. Merkley spun back, tried to get back into the play. The Condors did a little drop play, Tulio to Griffith, which actually allowed Merkley to get back into play, only to do his second flyby in about five seconds. Griffith just skated in and scored. Immediately, immediately after that, the Condors took a penalty 40 seconds later, to which on the Barracuda power play, Ryan Merkley, again, Still not where he should be standing whatsoever on a power play manning the point. Condors dumped the puck down and Ryan Merkley, who had a almost a full width between the center line and the blue line from the attacking four checker of Bakersfield, got beat clean. 
because Merkley just ho-hummed his way back to the defense into the defensive zone, and Greg McKegg got to the puck first and ate about 20 seconds of the Barracuda power play time. That was the last we saw of Ryan Merkley tonight. John McCarthy said, and I'm sorry for the e, the e rating that I'm about to give this show, but Ryan Merkley was basically told to get the fuck off the ice because he spent the rest of the time manning the door where he defended it to the best of his abilities tonight. Oh, boy. He legitimately saw no ice time the last four minutes of the first period, none in the 20-minute second period, none in the 20-minute third period. He sat on the bench opening the door and closing the door the whole rest of the game. Mm. How long has Ryan Merkley been a pro? What? This is his third year now in the league. Mm-hmm. In the AHL. In the AHL. He's a first-round pick with oodles of offensive ability, despite the fact that he has, what, two professional goals? Three professional goals? It is time for Ryan Merkley to wake up. What are you doing? And I think that's what John McCarthy told him during intermission. What are you doing? General Manager Mike Greer did not go with the Sharks to Vancouver tonight. Instead, he stayed behind in San Jose to watch the prospects and see what was going on with the Barracuda. Mike Greer got a firsthand look at Ryan Merkley playing, I believe, six minutes tonight before being benched for the final 44 minutes of the game. Not a good look when he's supposed to be the top defensive prospect in this organization. Not a good look. From then on, as I mentioned, Bakersfield scored less than three seconds left in the first period to make it three, nothing. Now the bright spot. Thank God. Thomas Bordalo. Yes, with his you. 14th goal of the season in 30 games. Uh, which, as Corey Massasak said on Twitter earlier this evening, I don't have the tweet up, but he said that Corey Ma- uh, that, that Thomas Bordalo has now set career highs for goals in the season uh, at any, you know, high-ranking junior or professional level. Obviously, his first season professionally, but he has more goals this season than he did at any point in college or for the USHL, uh, U.S. Uh, National development team. Sorry about that. I got it for you. Uh, Thomas Bordable now has 14 goals in 30 games for the CUDA. That's more goals than he scored at either season at Michigan, 20 and 61 games total, and more than he had in his US, USHL games or for the national team development program in either season, uh, 17 and 55 games total. Yeah. So Thomas Bordalo, again, this is the play that... Uh, it's, it's it's the bread and butter play for the Barracuda. Kenyatsev from the left passes down uh, Royal Road to Bordalo one time, bang. It was beautiful. What a shot. And they had already tried that right before that, but uh, Bakersfield, one of the defenders, got his stick on the puck and it went out of play, resulting in the faceoff that Agazino won back to Kenyatsev. Do the play right over again. It was gorgeous. So keep doing your thing, Thomas Bordalo. I know a lot of people have been saying, how can he not be called up? Yeah, and I still don't see the Sharks. You know, we we saw the Sharks fall tonight pretty badly. And so, yeah, Bordalo is going to help this team a bit, but he's not going to carry the team on his back. I still rather see him develop 
into a fine young professional athlete. And then next year, year after that, he can take it to the next level. Same with William Eklund. I thought William Eklund actually had a pretty good game tonight. William Eklund, despite the fact that he is not putting up the points that I think everyone had hoped he would be, he's still out there making plays, being a dynamo on the puck. He's super creative. I think that Eklund's problem has been uh, he's creative in tight and there's almost too much traffic for him to 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 bust through like he'll get through a guy he'll get through two guys but when he's trying to get those passes in through three four guys into the slot it's just not working so uh but the creativity is there so i'm not really worried about Eklund. And the other prospect I do want to give some light to tonight was Daniil Gustin, who is not a prospect I'm really that excited about, but I thought he played one of his strongest professional games here tonight. He w- he was tenacious. He really uh, was flying all over the place, using his speed for what, for a change rather than kind of holding up halfway into the office, offensive zone. He was continuing to drive to the net, continued to, continuing to drive behind the net trying to get loose pucks and heck he even got into a into fisticuffs it wasn't a fight but into fisticuffs in the corner in the third period but i will give i know race fan rocks in the chat pointed out phil kemp grabbed daniel gushin grabbed andragazino who were both Uh on top of his teammate and just Pulled them both off. It was pretty sick. I'll, I'll give him that. It was, <laughs> it was kind of like Bufflin in that that Western Conference final, I think, in 2018 against Vegas, where he's got like two Golden Knights guys. I saw that, and but it, the thing is, is that you know Kemp just you know kind of just pushes Gushin right into the into the net, and and I liked how William Eklund came up and was like, oh, who's obviously oh, yeah. outmatched, and he's like, uh, no, you're not doing that to my teammate. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. Uh, and again, Eklund, Gustin, and Agatino, the three smallest players on this <laughs> roster, and yet they're the ones who are out there doing the battling. So I thought they all uh, played really well tonight. And uh, But uh, just kind of wrapping it up, uh, Barracuda weren't able to double up there after Bordelow's goal. Uh, halfway through the second, Seth Griffith got his second goal, and then Raphael Lavoie scored a couple minutes after that. That was all she wrote. It was 5-1 at that point, and that's what that's how the game ended, was 5-1. Um, quickly, so. quickly, let's talk about Strassmann tonight, 23 or 28 tonight. Yeah, yeah. So Strassmann, I was trying to figure out. I know uh, Ian was pretty... Uh, uh, <laughs> he was done. <laughs> Ian was done with the Barracuda game and uh, after halfway through, and I didn't really blame him. But I couldn't tell whether or not he was frustrated with Straussman or not. I thought Straussman played fine. I thought the defense let him down. Nick Chichik, oh, man, I should have mentioned this earlier. On the uh, Kessel Ring goal with under three seconds left, uh, Chichik was the other defenseman uh, when Merkley was just doing flybys on Griffith's first goal. Um, but I'm not going to fault Chichik there because – I have a feeling he was probably very confused at what Merkley was doing and didn't know what where where he needed to be because Merkley's just flying all over the place. But Kesselring is just allowed to walk right in. Chichek, uh, it's a, it's a two on two that Chichek played like a two on one, and it yeah it was it was bad. So those type of plays. I'm not faulting Strauss Mann for it all. Um, the the disappointing thing 
was that, you know, we talked early on in the season that the Barracuda have this three-headed goalie monster of Man, McNiemi, and Dell. And I still am confident in all three goalies. I think they've all played very, very well. Uh, and the, the leaky goals that we saw the last two seasons have not really been there this season. But the bottom line is, Entering the night, Strauss Mann was the only goalie with a save percentage above 900. He had a 912 save percentage. After tonight, he's at 899. Oh. So the Barracuda just have, have this three-headed monster of goalies with sub-900 save percentages. And that, to me, just spells how putrid the defense has gotten it does not help, and it drives me nuts that that uh, there's a Condors fan. I'm not sure if it's race fan rocks, but there's someone on my Twitter who's like, well, see how the Condors played now that we're back at full strength again? The Barracuda <laughs> are still without three defensemen. It's the same as the last time we played Bakersfield. Derek Pouliot still has a sling on his arm. I still don't know what's going on with Santri Hatika. And Patrick Hallway is still dealing with a knee injury that he's been – that he's had since the preseason. So three defensemen are out of the lineup. Merkley gets pulled for most of the game. So you're relying on Montana on playing 20 minutes, Pat Seeloff playing 25 minutes. He was in the DEL last year. Darren Brady's on a tryout. Have you ever heard of Darren Brady? I hadn't until he got the tryout. <laughs> so like he's from, I, uh, I he's from Idaho, right? Probably. I think so. <laughs> I, I think it's the uh, PTO from Idaho. From the Steelheads? East. Yeah. Okay. But uh, the three-head mo- three-headed monster is fine, but they need they need some support there. It, uh, and it doesn't help that, you know, Matt Benning goes down to injury. Uh, Quinn mentioned he hadn't heard any update on on him, so most likely Chichek is going to probably get called back up to the – Sharks for the game on Thursday. Granted, they they can have Shimmick go uh, in the meantime because Shimmick was a healthy scratch this, this evening. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, the 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 Sharks woes haven't helped the issues nor or um, you know so. I like AJ's AJ's. First off, Jesse said Onyabuchi on P- PK one is not great, um, but AJ's comment. That wouldn't happen if Dan Kelly was still with the CUDA instead of being an <laughs> NHL linesman shoving guys into their lockers, uh, Michael Bunting. That's, that's, that's uh, Barracuda killer Michael Bunting, mind you, who I believe is still uh, top three in all-time goals against the Barracuda, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, yeah, that, uh, that was a great comment there, AJ. I like that. <laughs> Uh, I'll never get I'll never get enough of that one. That that was just crazy. And, and then when when we found out that it was Dan Kelly, who, who former Barracuda Dan Kelly, like oh geez. So the Barracuda have a back to back to close out 2022 uh, yes. this weekend against the Coachella Valley Firebirds. Uh, so Friday night 7 p.m. Saturday night or Saturday afternoon 3 p.m. So you can yes. do that and then yeah. And then still have time to get home to watch the uh, uh, Sharks lose on New Year's Eve to uh, to the Dallas Stars. Well, that's the spirit. 
<laughs> no, but uh, yeah, the Barracuda. I'll be at one of the two Barracuda games against Coachella Valley here this upcoming weekend, Friday or Saturday. I haven't decided which day. Um, the last time that Coachella Valley came to Texas Arena, it was eight to three drubbing, which oh, I thankfully was sick and had to trade my tickets for. Um, oh, so we're gonna try it again, and hopefully this time the eight will be on our side. Um, because Eric, do you want to build a snowman? I do. Okay, bye. <laughs> oh boy. Well, th- with that being said, the Sharks organization was outscored by a total of eleven to three on this night. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll ask you this since I haven't talked to you. Should Bordalo at this point in the season, because, you know, we, I think we were all excited that maybe this is going to be a Calder contending, you know, team with all the talent that they have. The way that it's gone, should you bring up Bordalo because you need the goal scoring or just keep marinating him? Marinate him. I see no oh, reason right. why Bordalo needs to be on the Sharks this entire season. I'm talking 82 games. I don't I don't see why he or Eklund or anyone else need to get called up. And I will still insist that, yeah, Jasper Weatherby's not putting up points, but I still notice Jasper Weatherby in a positive light every time I watch the Barracuda. I think he's he's faster than I've ever seen him before. I think he's more physical than he was last year. His problem is he just doesn't finish finish plays. But I think he goes to the right areas and he does a lot of little things well. So I still think Jasper Weatherby is the first youthful call up because obviously CJ Cease has been getting right. um, the call ups recently. And CJ Cease played pretty well tonight, although un- until he got a couple of penalties and then he, uh, he was like unnoticeable. But all I'm going to say is when you change your number to 14, good things happen. <laughs> put it there. So, all right. In case you missed anything or you want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or wherever you get your podcasts, either on Apple or Google Podcasts. You can also get us on the SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Odyssey. And, of course, if you're watching us on YouTube, by, by all means, like this video, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Uh, to notify you uh, when uh, we go on the air. And, and, of course, if you're watching us on the replay, leave a comment down below about what you saw tonight, what the Sharks should do, what the Kudas should should improve on. Should Kevin Lacey get a PTO uh, to be a seventh defenseman on this team at we've, this we've point? Talk, we've talked about if they need a 39-year-old right-shot defenseman, right-shot defenseman. Well, you know, Merkley's getting scratched. I mean, come on. <laughs> Uh, Robert Boyd in the chat, super chat donation. Uh, thank you so much. You guys watch any of the World Juniors? Uh, I saw a little bit of USA Latvia yesterday at Dave and Buster's. Uh, very interesting, interesting matchup. Uh, a stunner for Canada on the get go. Um, all of Canada is just in in stunned silence. I think after- that. Canada got put in their place a little bit, but I think that they'll be better for it. Like now the, the swag should be off. Now they should just go out and focus on hockey instead of focus out, focusing on, 
on the suits they're wearing and what goal song they're playing uh, and <laughs> all that all that jazz. So Canada is going to be better for it. I thought that was a good hockey game last night uh, between Czechia and Canada. But hey, Czechia is strong. I think they have a, a, a number of real nice talents there. I really like David Spacek a lot defensively and David Juracek obviously as well. Um, but Shapovalov, uh, there we go. Uh, Easy for, for you to say. Yeah. I'm glad you said it on Shapovalov. <laughs> yeah, he, he's looking real strong for uh, Canada as well. And I think they have a, a kid named Kmelash, I believe, as well. So, uh, and, and then their goaltender, um, um, oh my God, I forgot his name. I want to say Stepanek, and that's wrong. But I know he plays for, for uh, Trice. No, shoot. Do I even know what team he plays for? He's in the WHL, but I, I've heard a lot of good things about the Czech goalie for a couple of years now. So uh, it's nice to see him have that strong game last night as well. I also caught a little bit of the Sweden-Austria uh, game before that got put way out of reach. Um, and the Finland game was interesting finland's always one of those teams that starts off a little bit slow and then they kind of steamroll their way into the elimination round so uh, them losing to switzerland yesterday was a bit of a surprise but uh, teams like switzerland teams like latvia you can never take them lightly that's why i think they're so much fun to watch for from from my perspective is yeah they're probably not going to win most games but they are going to put oh god they're going to put up a much bigger fight than the sharks of the barracuda did tonight i had to finish that thought so the golden i told you you were getting super salty kevin tonight folks <laughs> the goaltender i think you're talking about for chechia is tomash sushanik or sushanik <laughs> easy for tomash me to... sukanik yes yeah, that one uh, place for the Tri-City Americans. Oh, I got Tri-City, right? Yeah. Uh, with Tri-City, he has a 3.61 goals against, 9.01 save percentage, 13-9. and uh, Yeah, his stats aren't that good, but I've heard good things about him. And when you see him put up the performance he did against Canada last night, like, there's something there. Yeah, I, I mean, you look at what Strassman did yeah. in the Olympics. I mean, yeah. you just need one performance and you just are going to fly. So, interesting one there. Uh, uh, Robert, I missed your other one earlier. Uh, bring back the original jersey from 1991. Of course, of course, that those are buttes. Uh, maybe you modernize them just a scotch. Mm -hmm. You know, not, not like what they did with Evolve, but, you know, but I digress. So, but, uh, yeah, Robert, thanks for uh, bringing up the juniors there because I did want to talk about that. I missed today's games, um, but... Yeah, uh, it, it's always a fun tournament. As I as I put out on Twitter, even if you can't watch the games, maybe you, you're at work or something like that. If you have the ability to just turn it on and listen, you will pick up so much information because between Dave Starman and Dennis Bayak and Gord Miller and Mike Johnson, they have so much to offer on these world junior broadcasts. I just love listening to it and picking up all these random facts that eventually once, once uh, these players turn pro, you go, Oh, I remember that guy. He ate lunch with David Hasselhoff at that one, you know, you know, just <laughs> random. I don't know. It's enjoyable. So. And, and Hey, you know what? Uh, stick taps to Philip Bystet 
Uh, he's got two goals, two assists in two games so far for Sweden. So uh, nice start for his tournament. Fingers crossed on that. You know, so yeah. definitely looking out. So Kevin, yeah, top line, top line, Philip Vistat too. Yeah, there you go. Well, as he should, we we because we can take all the uh, all all the ones we can get. Uh, really quick from Felix Chow. Good to see you, bud, in the chat. How does Austria get dominated every year at World Juniors? Because they suck. There you go. <laughs> Austria uh, has. I'm I'm sorry, but uh, Austria has no business being in the top tier. So, yeah, that that that's that's my honest reason why. <laughs> All right, so uh, your final thoughts, my friend. You're at Kevin Lacey 22 on the Twitter machine. It's good to see you. I hope you had a good holiday, my friend. Good to see you too. Um, I did have a good holiday. It already feels like four weeks ago uh, with the day that I had, which, as you <laughs> probably could tell on uh, on this podcast this evening. But thanks for enduring me, and thanks for having me. Um, I my final thoughts are: I want to give uh, a birthday shout out to. <laughs> Will McNeil of, the, of Section 217. You may know him as right field Will uh, at the Oakland A's games, the the creator or co-creator of the Barracuda Goal Dance that absolutely doesn't go with the current <laughs> Barracuda song that for some reason still hasn't been changed. Um, but yeah, so happy birthday to Will. And oh yeah puck guy <laughs> happy birthday to you too buddy thanks buddy appreciate <laughs> it it was a fun day yesterday at dave and buster's and beautiful concord uh just you have to have fun every now and then when it, whenever you can so uh appreciate all the birthday love appreciate all of you guys joining me i'm at puck guy 14 on the twitter and the instagram will Appreciate you, bud, because uh, you do a lot of stuff, and I don't know how you're able to get all these games. I'm quite jealous, but uh, hey, you do it. So uh, we'll be back with you on Thursday night following Sharks and Flyers. Uh, that's a 7.30 start. And uh, then maybe maybe we'll get some goal support for these goaltenders. Who knows? Okay, maybe not. But Let's just have the goalies start scoring all the goals. At Why this not? At, at, you know what? At this point, that might not be a good idea. You know, let's just let's just have fun with it. So, uh, <laughs> for Kevin, I'm Eric. Thanks for watching. We'll see you Thursday following Sharks and Flyers. Good night, everyone. Keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real teal.